Welcome to Stacy on the Right on Family Vision Media, where we do our podcast with newsmakers and opinion writers and basically everyone who's important joins me on the podcast. And so today is no different. I have my good friend Cheryl Chumley, online opinion editor at The Washington Times. She's author, also an author of many, many books. Um, you just go to Amazon and type in Cheryl Chumley, and then the books come up, and you just pick one and go to her author's page and have a field day. And all the books come to you in less than two days because that's Amazon's way. It's the American way now. Uh, so check that out. I have links in the show notes for that as well. Cheryl, thank you for joining me. Oh, it's great to be with you, Stacey. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, although, as we were just discussing before we hit record, wow, what a topic. It seems like all the time now, it's just sex, 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 and not in a good way. Like, it's just gross. Yeah, it, it's all aimed at kids, right? We're all mm-hmm. sexualizing youth in America, and the Democrats are quite okay with that. Even Jill Biden, quite okay with that. Well, I mean, he's gross and disgusting, and so I'm not surprised that he's fine with it. He's been marinating in the soup that is Washington, D.C. for 50 straight years with no breaks, so he's corrupted. But there's something different, I think, about this in that you see people who you would normally expect to be against this actually advocating for it, like run-of-the-mill teachers and principals and people who actually know children almost as well as parents do. Yeah, I don't quite understand what's going on in the public school system where administrators allow things like Pride Day or Pride events or transgender strippers in the libraries. And then on top of that, you have parents who actually take their kids to strip clubs to see um, men dressed as women undress and, and do provocative dances. I don't really understand what's going on in the mindset of these people, because just a few short years ago, that would have been child abuse and it would have been caused to remove the child from the home. And now it seems like America's culture is supposed to accept that. Well, that's my problem. My big problem, I guess I have two. The first one is, we already described, the obsession with removing the innocence of America's children. And then the second part of it is one that I think you and I, we have touched on before, and that is, no matter how many times you write articles about it or I scream into my microphone about it on the radio, parents are still dropping their kids off at these places. And it's not just the... Um, the Pride Days and all of that. It's the Drag Queen Story Hour that used to just be a weird New York library thing that is now every public school district has these people coming out and doing these provocative dances and twerking and spinning on poles in front of small kids. And parents still drop the kids off. Yeah, where where are we going with this as a nation? Because, and I bring this point out in one of my recent commentaries, Afghanistan has that culture thing called boy toys. They have some foreign word for it, but it means boy toys. And it's where boys dress up and and dance in front of men for sexual um, stimulants. And I don't know if this is where America is headed, but certainly you can see some of the cultural rot that's crept into America that is starting to accept things like the sexualization of our youth. And to criticize that sexualization has actually become cause for the left to blame those with that sane outlook as radical and intolerant. And since when is it intolerant to want to protect your children from adult matters? And so it's it's not, but we were, so uh, on Sunday at church, there was a 
video that our pastor showed. And it was of one of the prayer meetings where one of the gentlemen who he'll he'll lead prayer meetings, he he talked about how he'd been studying in his Bible and he stumbled across a few scriptures. And I, I feel terrible that I can't remember them, but he, he was talking about how in the Bible it describes how certain people will be against God. And at some point, the fact that they're against God will become almost an obsession for them. And when they enter that phase of their life, they'll begin to invent new ways of evil, new new ways to be evil. And it feels like we're entering that phase in America because I can tell you, I, I think there would have been violent acts perpetrated against people who did this stuff in schools just 25 years ago. I, I mean, parents, and I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just saying America of 25, 30 years ago, you would have had dads show up at the schools, drag these people out, and there would be physical violence. Like, there's no way a father would learn that. There's a, some story, I think a parent in New Jersey was testifying at a school board meeting that her child came home and said that one of her classmates was told to come up to the front and pleasure himself in front of the other students. And so he did so. And they watched in class, in public school. I can't wow. imagine parents not coming to a school and burning it to the ground. I mean, we used to have an America where kids were off limits. You could... Pretty much do anything else you want. Politically, you could say anything you wanted. But kids, that was off limits. We, we, we've we crossed the Rubicon. Cheryl, we're in a place where parents just complain about it now. We ju- They just call into radio shows and say, my kid's school is teaching my, uh, our kids that they're, because they're white, they're oppressors. And my grandkids are mixed and the mixed kids are being taught that they're not mixed. They're, they're not white at all. They're just black because you can't be mixed. You can only be black or white. And so they're, they're victims and the kids are coming home and saying, why doesn't one of my parents count? I mean, people are just complaining about it, not really doing anything. Yeah. It it seems to me if there were times to rise up and really cause a ruckus in the streets, now would be the time, but you're right. It, it, seems like people are aware of it. Americans, by and large, are aware of the atrocities that are going on in our public schools that are really uh, degrading our youth and, and stripping them of their innocence. And we talk about it. We discuss it. We even go to school board uh, meetings and protest it. But by and large, this stuff is still happening. And I think we need some strong legislators to seize a hold of this issue and just criminalize uh, such types of actions in their respective states. We need some conservative, patriotic, moral politicians stepping forward and crafting bills that make it clear that in the public schools in their states and in public offices and public settings of their respective states, that uh, actions that bring forth the sexualization of youth are not only intolerable, but also cause for a criminal offense. And I think once we start criminalizing this behavior, that actually is criminal in the first place. But once we start actually putting the teeth behind that, then I think that maybe we can put this back in the box and, and reel back uh, this immoral depravity that's taking place in America. And it's not just to the individual kids who are being harmed, right? The psychological damage of introducing children too early to sexual acts and sexual imagery is well documented, but that feeds and bleeds into the community and and the nation at large. It, It just 
degrades the entire culture of society and turns us quickly down a path of immorality. And one only needs to look at the history of Rome to see what happens in those cases. So we do. We have the history of Rome, but we also have a group of Americans right now, Cheryl, who it doesn't matter what what history you point to. We, we, we don't even have to go back to Roman times, although they are perfect. It's like literally the blueprint. It's like someone printed that out and said, let's take America there. But there's also Venezuela. Venezuela has collapsed as a society. And many of the things that leftists are, are, are arguing for here in America have just recently been done in Venezuela, like in 2012, when they had their gun buyback confiscation scheme. And then that was the precursor to them turning to socialism. And now they don't have a society. They're sending their people here. They're literally emptying their jails out and sending them over our open southern border. And so we know that these things don't work. But we're dealing with people who... This is beyond a political movement. It's beyond, you know, a left right paradigm. It's evil. And it's in our faces. And if we are lulled to sleep by, you know, my my thing is my Instagram account, I follow all these interior designer, they're like little, they're, they're, they're regular people, but they've designed their homes to within an inch of their lives. That's like my hobby. And so I'm always looking at those reels and videos of them doing it. They bought a new chinoiserie uh, ginger jar, and they're putting it here and they're putting it there. Or they're ripping the tile out themselves or they're redoing their bathroom floor themselves. And I'm just in awe. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never tiled anything. You know, I only do heavy gardening. And so, you know, we're talking about this, my husband and I, and I realize how obsessed I am with this stuff. Well, it's a form of escapism for me, Cheryl. I go there so that I, because I've just read six articles about uh, gender confusion or detransition, the subreddit on Reddit, where the people on there are all suicidal. And the only reasons they're not killing themselves is because they're afraid their parents might kill themselves because their parents were complicit in them chopping off their body parts and top and bottom surgeries. And so, you know, you read enough of that and you're going to rush to Instagram or I'm going to pull a whole bunch of decorating books off the shelf and decide to redo my dining room because I just need to get away from it. But we have to fight this. We do have to fight this. And I think you raise a good point um, when you talk about it's more than just political. And going back to what you said a few minutes ago about uh, the biblical teachings, if you look at Romans 1 or 1 Romans and you, you read through that, you can see that when people, both individuals and a culture of people, uh, become rebellious against God, that God ultimately just kind of throws his hands up and turns them over to their wicked desires, right? He basically says, fine, you don't want to listen to me, you don't want to obey me, have at it, follow your own lustful pursuits. And I've thought for a very long time that this is where America has been standing for years now, that God has sort of stepped back from intervening and allowed those with wicked ideas and wicked pursuits to follow that wickedness. And this is why you're seeing such a uh, a rot in the culture that seems to be overwhelming at times, so overwhelming that, as you point out, you have to find an escape. You have to step back and escape it because it's so dark and bleak. And we're at kind of the final point of that when you start involving children in your wickedness and sinfulness and just evil ideas and imageries and, and thoughts. That's really the end game, because talk about corrupting the innocence. There is no greater innocence than that of a child. And when you start sexualizing children, to me, that seems when a society is, has nearly reached its ending point. So that's true. I, I believe that sincerely when people become so reprobate and so 
inured to evil that they're literally like, yeah, it's okay if we teach the kids about this. Yeah, you know what? Well, I'm I'm perfectly fine with showing the kids this. When that happens, you know you've reached a point of well, I can't say no return because God can bring us back from anything, but we know that there's a an evil afoot that's more dastardly. It's it's more than what we would have previously said. Oh, you know, because, you know, in the past, I mean, we've all said it as conservatives. Oh, they'll learn, you know, this next election, they're going to get they're going to get the shellacking of their lives and they're going to learn. Right. And Democrats right. don't learn. They just go back into their hidey holes and they rub their hands together gleefully and say, we didn't go far enough. Next time we go all the way. We stop holding back. That's what that's what's happened this time. They saw what President Trump was doing, the economic prosperity, the joy in the land, the apple pie, the fat cheeked babies, the green grass, the birds chirping. It was too good for them. They just couldn't take it, Cheryl. So they had to come back with pure evil. And that's what we're being subjected to. The border, the open border. I mean, the the sexualization of children is horrifying. But I really lay the fault of it getting as far as it has at the feet of parents because we have not taken control. But the southern border is strictly within the purview of Joe Biden. We don't actually have the ability to control it ourselves. We don't have the ability to have governors say, you know, the the governors of the border states can't unilaterally take control of the border. And so you have Joe Biden literally opening the southern border up and visiting horror upon us, kidnappings, rapes, you know, all kinds of things that are happening in America that wouldn't be happening if we didn't have an extra four or five million people here, most of them fighting age men. So there's some of it that's being visited upon us, obviously judgment, in my opinion, but then there's the the issue with the kids and that that goes back to us sitting back and you know watching too many decorating reels on TV or if if not if if it's not about the TV or the phone or or distraction not being willing to be unpopular not being willing to have other people maybe in our neighborhood say you yank your kids out because they're reading books about you know some kids are gay and then you break out the books that you've stolen from the library. You check them out. You're never giving them back. This happens. People do this with books they like. Not It doesn't have to be about the fact that the library is not getting the book back. You're a taxpayer. You're checking it out permanently. You keep it at home. And anytime your neighbor says, why'd you pull your kid out? You turn to the pages where the sex is depicted in cartoon form and you say, this is in the school library. Your kid gets to go to still every day. That's why my daughter's home. That's what we have to be willing to do. And for some reason, we're not willing to do it. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, with you 100% that ultimately the blame lies with parents, right? Because parents have been too blind to what's taken place in the public school systems for years. And that's not blind because they have no access or ability to understand what's taking place in the schools. It's because they're too busy in their own lives. And I sympathize fully with those who have career pursuits or have financial needs that makes it impossible for them to, say, visit the schools or go to school board meetings. But in this age of online meeting and online resources, you can go online in your leisure time and see what the schools are putting out. You can watch school board meetings at your leisure when it's convenient and hear the discussions and see what's being proposed. And the fact is, that takes effort and it takes time. And sometimes it doesn't even yield you any results that you need to know about. Sometimes it's pretty boring. But at the same time, as a parent, 
you sign on to that job when you become a parent of protecting your child. And if you understand and acknowledge that what's taking place in the public school systems today is pure evil, and yet your child is still going to that public school and being exposed to that evil, you really have to look inward and you really have to question whether you are doing the right thing as a parent. And I think many parents don't have the resources for alternatives, but there are parents who have just shoulder shrugged their responsibilities and said, oh, well, I'm busy. I want to keep working. I want to have that second car. I want to have that third TV. I want to have that fancy vacation. My kids are fine. And they've allowed their children to be corrupted by a school system that doesn't care about the kids, only cares about the unions and making money and bringing forth a political narrative and feeding it into your kids' minds to bring forth socialists in in the upcoming generation of leaders. Yeah, socialists. And as our our new heroine across the water in Italy, um, Georgia Maloney says, uh, mindless consumers, the perfect mindless consumer. And so you mentioned, and and I think it it deserves highlighting because you made such an excellent point there. Many of them, but I want to stick on one, which is, you know, people are saying, well, I can't afford to homeschool my child. We need the two incomes. When you sit down and you look at what you're spending money on, and you really take, a, I mean, a hard look, you know, the Hulu, the, the different subscriptions that we all have, um, the, the different things we're paying for that they're either a convenience or they're just something we've always paid for. And you put that alongside the idea that your child is sitting there and later when they're in their 20s, because usually that's when we all turn on our parents for a couple of years. We're like, why'd you do this to me? And why'd you do that to me? You know, and then you come to your senses and realize your parents are probably either average or better than average. And you better just be <laughs> glad you had, you know, a, a parent or two. Um, in today's America, you got to thank your lucky stars. You had the parents you had. So you, you, uh, you, you go through that. Do you want your child to say to you one day in their twenties to, to call you up or FaceTime you and say, you know, I've been learning about sex since I was five years old. And now I don't want to have sex. I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. I don't have anything to do with anyone, same sex or otherwise. I'm just sick of it. Why didn't you ever stop me? Did, like, I just was reading a book and I realized it, it's only my generation that's had to put up with learning about sex since I could walk. All of the other generations before me learned about sex secretly when they were like 14 or 15 years old and then went home and asked their parents about it. Or they were taught by their right. parents, you know, why, why did you let this happen to me? It's not just that. But it's all the kids who, once their their minds are warped, because that's the point of it, isn't it, Cheryl? I write about this in my book. They want to disconnect children from their parents. And the way to do that is to teach them about sex prematurely. You rob them of their innocence. Then they don't trust anyone, especially not their own mom and dad. And then you can begin to indoctrinate them to hate America, to hate themselves. And then you can confuse them about their own gender. And that's how they rob us of our grandkids. Because you better believe these kids that are growing up now learning about sex they are not going to take that information and then go on and be happy, healthy, sane adults in heterosexual relationships living down the street from you on the cul-de-sac, cranking out the grandkids. That's what we all want, but that's not what they're going to do because they're being taught the perverse version of their bodies, the perverse way of thinking about sex, which means they won't do the things that normal, normative, you know, heterosexual people do. Um, People, I don't think people are understanding the connection between what's happening now and their lack of grandchildren in the future. Yeah, it, it, you, you make really great points. And it's interesting what you say, because 
it goes even beyond the disconnecting of youth from their parents. It's really disconnecting youth from their own souls. And that's a purposeful strategy of the left, because not only when you disconnect kids from their parents, does it give the government an open door to come in and be the parent for these children. But when you disconnect them from their humanity, when you strip from them the idea that they are a soul, that they have a soul created in the image of God, and they're put here on this earth for a specific mission that God has created just for them. When you steal that idea and notion from them, and you make it seem like a, a soul is nothing, they're just part of this big cog. It really uh, sets the stage for government to not just become parents to them, but ultimately to become their God. And this, of course, as you know, Stacey, is the way of communist nations, right? You tear down the family unit. You make it seem as if we're all part of this big society. We're all working for the collective, for the greater good of all, uh, specifically society and the state. And then you remove God and you make it as if uh, there is no higher power, no higher accountability. There is only the here and now. And it's all about politics and winning and scoring political and financial and economic wins. And government is actually the provider, which is to say that government actually becomes the god. So this is the the long-term strategy and the long-term danger of allowing something like, uh, you know, your LGBTQ agenda in schools and allowing books that are highly sexually charged into even elementary schools in America. Yeah. And and I I just I think there's also we really have to turn this over in our minds. We we have to say to ourselves as parents, you know, so my my children are not in element. They're not in K through 12 anymore, but they're in college and two of them still are in college. And so, you know, I know they're exposed to things, but this is the time where, you know, I have to just keep praying and and hope that the parenting and the, the Bible verses and the time in church and, you know, the relationship with God will hold because they're now out in the culture and my time to parent them directly and really have a huge impact on them has passed. That baton passes when they graduate from high school. But for parents who still have kids in the K through 12 arena, I don't know that we have enough of a sense of urgency surrounding every day, every minute with these kids that we see them as the treasures that they are, that each child is a whole universe of possibilities that God has not just one tiny plan for them or one little thing they'll do. Or, you know, I'm going to grow up and be a, um, a fireman. Okay, that's amazing. And you might actually save tons of lives and, you know, no, no hate, but God has so much more in store for them. And we are putting them on a road to a train wreck. We're, we're basically derailing those possibilities by allowing the public schools to have them. And I've never been this adamantly opposed to public school before, Cheryl. I used to be on a public school board and I used to tell people, who talk like this, I would say, oh my gosh, that's so extreme. Are you saying none of the public schools are any good? That just can't be right. We eventually ended up taking our kids out. So I guess I, you know, proved that they were right and I was wrong. But, <laughs> you know, for me to say everyone needs to evaluate whether or not their child should be in that that learning environment, if they're doing these books, if they, you know, this is a, is, it's a real shift for me. And I'm not saying it lightly. Parents have to be alarmed at what's going on. And if they're not, I, I'm questioning, like, do they understand what a child is, what what the possibilities are, how long the recriminations last, how if your child turns against you, it's almost impossible to get them back. 
I'm wondering if people really understand what's going on. Well, I think the changes in the public school system of late have happened so astonishingly fast that there are a lot of Americans who don't acknowledge that it has become utterly evil in much of the public school systems in America. Because it's it's tough. Say you have kids in school, and you go to school, and you visit with teachers, and the teachers are oh so nice, right? They love your kid, and, and they talk about how your kid has done this and that, and they give great progress reports about your kid, and they seem so friendly. And it's hard to imagine the school system as a whole as rotten when you have the faces of your friendly teachers in your mind. But I say this from being raised in a household where both my parents were public school teachers and kind of understanding on the inside, uh, as much as I could as a child on the inside, what they went through in terms of the school system. And it's completely different now in terms of policy and free will in your classrooms as a teacher compared to now where you have to do basically what the administration tells you. And you're being pushed by the far-left element. The Democrat Socialists of America, for instance, have actively recruited people to go into the public school systems and feed the socialist line of thought into our America's youth. And so this is completely different from how it was just a few years ago. And I think maybe that catches Americans unaware. Plenty of people after the coronavirus have woken up to some of the far left agendas being pushed through the school and even some of the sexual uh, content that is pushed in the school libraries. But plenty more haven't because they just think of their own school experiences of just a few years ago. And that wasn't present then. And it is now. And it is kind of the 12th hour to fight this. Well, the 12th hour means you get onto Amazon and you read some of Cheryl's books. You get onto Amazon, you get my book, right? You read these things because they put steel in your spine. And then you actually go out and do something about this stuff. And I mean a concerted effort where you literally say, what, what's my thing? What can I do? Because every person is unique. Every person has a different contribution they can make. And then, for goodness sakes, if you're a parent and you're hearing us talk about this and you think we sound like whack jobs or we're being extreme, just go, as Cheryl said, onto the next online board meeting. They, they do all of them now do them virtually because of COVID. So if you can't make it to the actual place, you can listen to a board of education meeting while you cook dinner for your family or while you sit down after work and put your feet up. And you can just watch it on YouTube. Um, then check the curriculum and instruction pages. Google some of the words. I have them all listed out in my book, the different versions of DEI and CRT. They've named them so many different things. You can look to see what kind of books are in your kid's library. And then if your school is clean, you are in the minority, the 1% of public schools, just keep your eyes peeled. But if you find this crap, this sinful nonsense there, then spring into action. Get your kids out of there. Start fighting these people. We need you to help us to fight this stuff. Cheryl, tell us where we can find everything that you're doing, um, website everything. Oh, thank you, Stacey. Uh, WashingtonTimes.com, of course. I write there every day. My podcast is there twice a week. CherylChumley.com is my own website where I have links to all my books. And you can find me on Twitter at CK Chumley as well. Thanks so much. 
You're amazing. I love it when we have our chats. I wish I wish that we lived in the same place so I could have lunch with you like once every other week like I do with some of my other, my other friends and we could just sit there and we could toss back our food and talk about all yeah. the things and then talk about things that have nothing to do with politics and then be like, okay, see you next time, girl. And then, you know, run off and back to work. Ah, but unfortunately, we live too far to do that. So I'll have to try to I, I, I have not been able to leave this place. It's like I'm rooted down to the ground. I can't get out of St. Louis to save my life Two cancel vacations so far this year. So we'll see. Oh, we'll wow. see when the next time is I can get to DC. But until then, God bless you. Keep up the great work. And I'll talk to you soon. Oh, God bless. Thank you. You inspire me, Stacey. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you on, on the night radio show. We'll get that going shortly. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. Thank All right. You. That's it for me today on the podcast at Family Vision Media. Check us out at StaceyOnTheRight.com as well. God bless.